Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. I want to thank everyone who's joined our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Photo Taco. And I want to announce a contest I'm running for in the month of July 2016. I want to give away a free portfolio review. So this is where a listener will be able to submit 14 photos to me or send me the link to their website where they'll have their 14 like best photos that I can take a look at. I will record a personalized audio podcast style recording of my going through the photos, evaluating them, commenting on them, providing my input and feedback on what they could do to improve it, either from capturing the photo to settings maybe they used or even um, how you could post process it differently. The way you can win this is by sharing and recommending the show. And so there's a couple ways you can do this. Uh, the primary way that I plead all the time for is in iTunes. You can go and give a review. Every review that I see from July 1st to July 30th, I can even see them internationally. I have a little program that will pull those in. I can. I will put all of those people into uh, win the contest and be randomly selected one person. But you can also enter if you either don't want to do iTunes review because you don't want to run iTunes or you've already provided an iTunes review and thank you if you have. Then you, another way you can enter is to share a couple of specific pieces of information on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you share a link to the site, and that's hard to do on Instagram, but if you type it out on Instagram, that'll help. Uh, it won't link it, but at least it'll be there. Improvephotography.com slash photo taco. That needs to be in your post. Also three hashtags, pound photo taco, all one word, pound photography, and pound podcast. Share that on social media. Love to have you say you like the show too, if you want to do that. But I will search those hashtags on uh, July 30th or August 1st, somewhere shortly after. And I will see everyone who's posted them and I will include those as entries into the contest. Please limit it to one. <laughs> I would really like to not have to go through the same one posted like every day from the same person. So limit it to one and I will pick one random lucky listener who did one of those things. I guess if you did both of those, that would be fine. If you did a review and you did the social media post, that's two entries and I'm cool with that. All right, let's move on to the, the episode because I have a ton to say and I'm worried this is going to go forever. The question came from Erica Fisher on our Facebook group and she said, I'd love to hear an episode on the difference between save as and save for web and Photoshop. Read so much conflicting information about the best way to optimize your photos and I'd love to get Jeff Harmon's take on this. So we're going to go through it. I'm going to uh, walk through the details of each one of them. There's a lot of options on there and it's hard to decipher. What do they mean? What matters? You probably just leave them at default and maybe making some other mistakes on it. So I'm going to walk through it as fast as I can. The problem is there's actually three ways to do this. There's save as, there's safer web and export as. So I've got to walk through all of the options on all three of those and it's going to take some time. So buckle up. 
Maybe you're going to have to take a break in the middle of this one, but I, I just feel like you have to go through it all in order to answer this question. So let's talk about save as first because it's the oldest one. This is the one that's really dated in Photoshop. It was added to Photoshop a long time ago and there's multiple ways it's showing its age and I'll, you know, I think you'll get that picture as we walk through it. So you do this by going file, save as, and you can pick in a format dropdown, you can pick JPEG. But you can also pick JPEG 2000 and JPEG Stereo. So which one should you pick if you want to get a JPEG? Well, JPEG 2000 is technically superior to JPEG. It really, really is. It offers better compression algorithms like newer math. It can, you can do like lossless exports, more like a TIFF file is that's a lot more similar to RAW than the JPEGs you're used to. You can include metadata. You can write XMP files. It all sounds pretty good, right? So obviously that's the one you should pick. Nope, it's not. The problem is there's no support. It was created as a follow-up to the JPEG format standard. It was intended to replace it, but it never got accepted, in, especially in the place of browsers where this matters the most. That's why we do JPEG primarily is for browsers. The putting your stuff on the internet and having it be seen on browsers is super critical. That's probably why you're doing a JPEG in the first place and they just don't support JPEG 2000. I validated it as I was prepping for this podcast. Yep, they still don't read JPEG 2000 and they probably never will. So you don't, you're not gonna wanna use that format unless you know for sure that that is something that whatever you're doing with it can use. And if you're exporting to the web, it can't. Okay, JPEG Stereo. Also a very special format. <laughs> you don't want to use it. It's for doing stereoscopic images, 3D images, where it, when you put it out, it puts out two files or uh, the, your image side by side, one for your left eye, one for your right eye inside of a single file, unless you have something special to use it for. Again, you don't want to use that. So JPEG is your choice. You don't want to choose the other two. That's the starting point. All right, next, you have an option that has to embed the color profile, Adobe RGB 1998. And looking at that date, doesn't that seem old to you? <laughs> it does to me too. I tried my best to find anything about this and there's just not definitive information. So I went and did my own testing. I checked the box and I didn't check the box and I did it a whole bunch of different ways I can't tell the difference. I don't see a, a reason to do it. I also don't see a reason not to do it. The, it doesn't dramatically change your file size. It, it's not adding a ton of um, data to your files so that it's bigger. So you may as well check it, I guess, as my, my reasoning has something to do with trying to make your colors truer. I just can't find for sure what it's trying to do. And I'm guessing most JPEG readers like a browser, they probably pretty much ignore this. So it probably, that's what I test. I, I took a look at it in the browser between doing it and not on different machines. It just doesn't seem to matter. So I guess you may as well check it. I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, I may as well check it in case something uses it. In case on some platform, in some way you use it, it will respect the color profile and make the colors truer to what it is you saw on your beautiful calibrated monitor, but uh, it probably doesn't matter either way. I'm going to do it. It doesn't seem like there's a downside, so you may as well. Okay, so that's the end of those options, and that would be great if that were it, right? But no, this kind of <laughs> shows the date, the age of this process. There's two screens to save as, not just one. You get two, and there's some more options that we have to go through. So the first one is labeled 
quality. And as I mentioned in my podcast episode from January 2016 on JPEG compression levels, you should go search for that if you want a lot more information about quality. I'm not going to dive into it a huge amount on this episode, but if you want to know kind of what quality is doing, why it matters, and a lot more detail about what to set it to, go search for photo taco JPEG compression levels. That's a lot to write out, I know, but if you're interested, go find it and, and you'll get it. It'll come up in Google search if you search for those terms. J- it was January 2016. But just kind of generically, in save as, I recommend you set it to 10. You might think, but I, wanna, I want full quality. I want to go max. I want to go 12. There's no discernible difference in my testing. You can't tell anything between 12 and 10 other than the file size shrank a lot. It made the file on your hard drive way smaller and therefore it's going to be way smaller for uploading it to the web. Take less time to upload to the web. Use less of your data as you upload to the web, especially those of you who might be constrained by how much data you get to use. Those are all good things. I use 10. You should use 10 as your save as value. If you want, if you're really super worried about it, about the file size and the quality, don't use save as. It's old. Okay, so the other option, the next one down is format options. And you have three choices, baseline standard, baseline optimized, and progressive. Again, showing its age, save as is here. And this is all stuff that hails back to the days when we were connecting to the internet via a modem. And that was when like this progressive option was really important because your big photo, your massive photo that actually was really small today's standards, but your big photo back then that was taking forever to load, it would progressively show up. It was a way to make it so that it was kind of three to five different images in one there. One that was super low quality, and then you know it would go up further, whether it was three scans or five scans, it would go, it would slowly become clear. And we just don't need that anymore. There's enough bandwidth, the people aren't connecting at those horridly, horribly slow speeds anymore. And I would never use progressive. So baseline standard or baseline optimized. Again, in the description from Adobe, I went and looked up the official description from Adobe about what these things are. They say on standard, it displays the image when it's fully downloaded and the JPEG format is recognized by most browsers. Yeah, I'm going to change that to all browsers. (laughs) Then there's baseline optimized. And they said, oh, okay, optimize. This optimizes the color quality of the image and produces smaller file sizes, two to 8% smaller than standard but is not supported by all browsers. And I'm gonna update that too to, yeah, it's updated by all browsers, (laughs) it's accepted. I went and tested it. I wanted to to validate this. I wanted to see if there's any, even in Internet Explorer, which no one should ever use, please don't use Internet Explorer, uh, it works. Baseline optimized works. And it's my testing about 5%. I was getting consistently 5% smaller image sizes, which isn't a ton, but still, like we said, less room on your hard drive and less time it's going to take to upload the file. So baseline optimized in file save as. And that's it. That's all you get. There's not any other choices there. So let's move on to the next one. That's talk save for web, which is kind of in between that and export as that we're going to get to at the end. So this is you go to file export save for web legacy marked as legacy. Isn't that wonderful? Adobe has marked it as legacy. I'm not sure what that means. I haven't seen them mark legacy before on other features, but I presume at some point they may yank it. And that's unfortunate because I kind of like this way of doing it. I like the way that there's one particular feature called the four up features, what I'm going to call it, that I really, really like. And I'll detail that in a second. But first, we have to lay a little bit of groundwork and we have to go back to that 
quality setting. So if you do this save for web, you're gonna notice in the upper right, there's a preset dropdown that has JPEG high, JPEG low, JPEG medium. You never wanna use low or medium, just ignore those, they don't matter, you don't want those. JPEG high, what it's doing is it's going to set the quality to 60, the JPEG compression quality to 60. And in general, okay, it's a pretty decent setting. It's, it's probably got the best uh, file size to quality ratio, I'm guessing. But I've kind of found myself, it's not high enough quality for my taste. I don't like it at 60. I think that's a little bit too much compression, too much artifacting. It makes the image quality go down too much, in my opinion. So even though that's the JPEG high setting, it kind of shows that Save for Web is a little bit old too, and 60 is just not enough. We have more hard drive space and bandwidth to afford a little bit more image quality and still not growing the file size immensely. And my recommendation is 77. That's my testing has shown where I think it's the best image quality setting to do there is, is setting it at 77. Again, go listen to Photo Taco Compression, JPEG Compression Levels podcast to get more information than that. Okay, so that brings us to my feature that I like. It's the four up feature. And what I like about this is if you, in the upper left, you have tabs there and you can click on a four up tab. And that's gonna bring up four preview windows inside of this one save for web dialog box. It's really super cool because what's happening is the image in the four, the, the four images are put in a square and in the upper left part, it's the original. So this is like the full quality max size export that you'd have. Then right next to it towards the, on the right is the settings that you are setting on the far right, whatever you did with the image quality. So if you set it to 77, like I said, it's gonna be 77. But by default, and just because the math is easier, it's uh, let's say it's the 60. You go with the JPEG high preset default and the, the compression quality set to 60. So it will show what it looks like at 60. It's gonna have a preview about how your image looks at 60. Super cool that you can see that. And it has some other information that's no longer pertinent because it was for times that have gone by. Then in the lower left of that four square quadrant thing of previews, you'll have one that is half the settings of the one in the upper right. If it was at 60 on the upper right, it's gonna be at 30, and you can preview how the image is gonna look at those settings, and then next door to that, to the right, is half again, which means half at 30 would be 15. So you'd have full quality, uh, 60, 30, 15, in the four corners there. And that's really cool, I love how that works, and that's it's a really neat feature that I like about this. Um, it's going to be very sad to me if it goes away because I, I do really like that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the other settings then besides just the quality one, which is everyone wants to jump to, so that's why we, we went there first. And it was important to describe the four up feature and what that how that works. But there are some checkboxes there for progressive and optimized, very similar to the uh, save as stuff that we talked about. Uh, progressive, you don't want to do. You don't want to set it to progressive. Optimized, yeah, I checked that checkbox. Same thing, it's gonna optimize it, make the file size just a little bit smaller. And then embed color profile, it's a pretty much the same thing as was in Save As. But there's two new ones, there's blur and matte. And blur is what's used to try to compensate within this export 
for like the compression causing artifacts in your image. If it's compressing it so much that it starts to look chunky, starts to look uh, crispy, <laughs> I don't know how you describe it, but you can tell when something's been compressed really, really far and it looks weird. And blur is a way to try to bring that back a little bit, try to take the crunchiness out of the compression being too high. I don't ever use it. I I'm putting the quality high enough that it's not a problem. I'd rather deal with it that way than I would in trying to add blur. So again, showing a little bit of age in even the safer web that the blur's there, it's an option I never use. Then there's matte, and that's intended to make it so that anything in your Photoshop file that is transparent will get turned to whatever color you pick in matte. Now, if you have transparency in your Photoshop file, you probably want it to be transparent and you don't want to pick JPEG. You need to pick one of the others, GIF or, G or PNG or good options for having transparency in your file. JPEG does not support transparency, therefore you have to pick what the color goes to and here in SaferWeb you can. So if that's a situation you got, you really have to use SaferWeb because the other options don't even have a way for you to pick what color it's going to be exported at, at least at the point of export. Okay, then there's a convert to sRGB checkbox. You want to check that one. Uh, I don't know that, I, you know, it, so, okay, let's go back. <laughs> this is an option that's trying to convert from whatever color space you're working in, presumably a bigger color space than what sRGB is. I don't personally, and I've talked about color spaces on Photo Talk episodes. You can go search for that too. Go listen to that episode. We'll talk about color spaces. It's a good idea to check this. If you shoot in sRGB, and I think you should, go listen to that episode, then this probably does nothing. This probably has no impact. Uh, I didn't really test to see on or off because I don't think it matters. Just turn it on. It's good to have that there. It probably does not do much. Um, let's go to the next meaningful thing, and that's metadata. There's a drop down there. There's fewer. There's a lot of choices there. You can uh, specify how little or how much metadata you want to include in the JPEG file, which is really cool. Then you have, uh, let's go down to image size. So towards the bottom there, you have image size. There's width, height, and percent. And you can specify then how big, what the resolution is you want to export your file. If you're trying to save for the web, which is why you'd be in here, right? Save for web is saving for the web. Okay, it's 2048 is what I recommend. I recommend doing that. Uh, anything bigger than that is gonna be useless. It's gonna take more time to send it out there. Plus most of the websites you're gonna upload this to are gonna resize it anyway. So 2048 is kind of the max quality I think you need to export if you're sharing out to the web and maybe even smaller, depending on what you're doing. If it's a blog post, you may even go 800 wide, but that should be the longest edge, I think is 2048. Unless you're delivering to a client, if you're giving this, if the destination is you're going to share this with a client so that they can print, yeah, you probably want the full resolution. Change, don't change the, the resolution size, image size at all. Then there's this other quality box. Yay, we have two quality boxes. Not really. <laughs> uh, okay, so in the quality box, I'm not going to go through them because I'm trying to save time here. Quality defaults to bicubic. You want to leave it there. It will help in either uh, enlarging or reducing the file. It does some math on it so that when you're changing the file size, it's gonna run this beautiful bicubic math on it and arrive at how you can change those. So you don't want any of the other options, just leave it a bicubic, that's the one you want. And that's it. That's all there is in Save for Web. And it produces really good 
uh, quality JPEG files. Let's go to export as. I gotta run because this is going on too long. File export export as is how you access this. This is how Adobe wants you to do it. They don't want you to use save as. They don't want you to use save for web. Clearly, they marked it as legacy. They want you to use export as. And they tried to create a little bit different workflow inside of this window. Sort of how Safer Web has this workflow where you can preview the four different options or of, of compression and, and preview how it looks. They wanted to make it so that you can export multiple file sizes at once. I don't really like how they did it. I think the interface is confusing, so I'll describe it in a second, but that's kind of what they were trying to do. Uh, so first off, let's talk about quality again right that's <laughs> that's what we're gonna do oh i should say actually first is the format option we're uh, clearly we're gonna set to jpeg here because that's what erica wants to talk about we're not gonna talk about the other formats we're just gonna talk jpeg next is quality again zero to 100 scale and just like save for web uh you don't want to go to 100 there's no reason to the file size just gets big is all this that's the end result it's not discernible difference between 100 and what I'm going to recommend is 70. I did some testing on this just to compare all three options and the file sizes that come out of it. Um, I think save as you don't really have much of well, sorry, it should be 10 and baseline optimized for save for web set it to 77 as a global unique or sorry, global unique global starting point where it's a pretty good setting. But you can go down to 75 and have it look really good and, and even play around with it there inside of the dialog box. You can use the previews, the four up features to see how it's going to look. In export as, you also have a preview. You can see what your settings are going to look like, but it's only one. You can't do four. It's only one. You can zoom in 100% or even more and see what it looks like and play with it. In order to make the file size the same, I had to go 70 on export as. So I had to use a quality of 70, which again is showing there's different math going on here. It's doing different stuff. It is not exactly the same as save for web or save as. They're different. It's weird. It's confusing. And that's why you have the question, I'm sure, Erica. So 70 is what I had to do there. And I, the image quality looked really, really comparable to me. In fact, maybe even a little better on export as, which of course would be the point. Anything new they add should work better than the old stuff. Uh, okay, now you have also on the right hand side image size, just like save for web, you can decide the resolution of the file you're going to export. Again, recommend longest edge 2048. And that's what I'd go with. Then you have something a little different though. There's, um, there's canvas size below that. Oh, before we do that, I almost skipped in my notes the, the uh, resample drop down box. And it's super critical and we're going to spend too much time on it, I'm sure. But but here's here's a little difference. I mentioned in Save for Web, there's the, the second quality one. So at least they renamed it to resample on this one, which is good. And I, I said, leave it by cubic. Don't worry about the others. Similar advice here, except in Export As, you have four options for by cubic. There's others, there's bilinear and there's nearest neighbor and there's preserved details. Don't worry about those, throw those out. You don't wanna use them ever, just don't use those. So by cubic is there as an option and it's pretty much exactly the same as safer web, I think. And uh, what Adobe says there is this is slower but more precise, used on examination of value surrounding pixels using complex calculations, math. By cubic produces smoother tonal gradation, gradations easy for me to say, than the bilinear or nearest neighbor resampling methods, which I said, don't use those, throw them out. So I think it's exactly the same as same for web. Then there's bicubic smoother and bicubic sharper. And these are 
are specifically designed for enlarging and reducing. Smoother is designed for enlarging, and sharper is designed for reducing the file size. And I bring that up, the reason I talked through those was, if you're saving for web, and if you take my advice and you're gonna to go to 2048, most likely that means you are reducing the size of your image on export. And this is an algorithm that has been more fine-tuned, there's better math that's been more fine-tuned specific to reducing the file size of your image. So if you're saving for your website and it's a portfolio image, you might want to go in there and set it to Bicubic Sharper and uh, maybe that's going to give you a better image. You might want to test it. You might want to do a couple of exports with Bicubic Sharper and Bicubic just to compare the two because they do warn that if it's, it's a little too over sharpened, then you want to just go back to Bicubic. So there you go. There's an option that's really important. The um, resample drop-down box. Okay, now, now let's move down to canvas size. Canvas size is an awesome concept too. Well, okay, it's a, it's a concept that's only available at Export As, let's say it that way. And um, so what it does is it's just like the difference between image size and canvas size in Photoshop itself. If you went in Photoshop and you increased the canvas size but you didn't increase the image size, then what does it do? It creates like borders, right? It, it centers your image or you can pick in Photoshop where you how you want your image to be centered or, or placed within the new canvas size in this export it kind of does exactly the same thing but you don't get to pick where it's only going to be centered it's always going to be centered within that canvas size and of course if you shrink the canvas size to make it smaller than your image size then it's going to like zoom in it's going to crop into your photo and um, throw away the edges that it cropped into because you you decreased the canvas size made it smaller so there's that uh, for canvas size and what it does. Below that, you have some metadata choices. You can limit it. It's, it's not even as much as safe for web though. There's only copyright and contact info, but you can choose what you wanna do there, how much metadata you wanna stick in there. There's the color space. Um, just like in safe for web, I recommend you check the box. And then there's one last thing I wanted to talk about with export as, and that's the way that you can export these multiple images. It's a little funky how they chose to do it. You'll notice in the upper left, there's kind of two columns. There's uh, size and suffix. And then below that's like your image slot. It's kind of confusing to me. I, it took me a minute to figure out how to use this and what to do with it. But what it's doing is there's already one row that gets pre-populated and that's the row that is set by those settings on the far right. So there's a row there for um, the size setting is one X and then next to that is suffix, which is blank. And what that means is it's going to produce a file when you finally say export that has the settings that you set on the right. But if you hit the plus button up there in the upper left, it'll add another row to those columns and you'll be able to say that you want another photo export done at a specific size difference. If you choose a size bigger than one, they have 1.2, 1.5, they have a bunch of options there. If you choose one bigger, it's going to enlarge the photo. It's gonna give you the ones specific to the settings you set on the right, and it's gonna give you another file that is bigger. And then if you choose one that has zero, less than one, it's gonna give you another file that is smaller. And the way that you're gonna distinguish between these files when you export is by their suffix. The file name, the name of your image, is gonna be the same between all of them that you put in. You don't have a choice, it's gonna be exactly the same. But, what are, but what's after the period, the suffix, is gonna be whatever you fill in in the suffix columns 
for the photos. A little weird. I'm not sure I really like the way that that workflow works very well. I've, I don't really use it, but that's there and that's how that works. All right, so which method do I prefer? I think you could tell as I went through. I didn't hide my favorite very well, but uh, Safer Web is definitely my favorite way to do it. There was a reason too, besides just like the workflow and my comfort with it. There, initially when they released Export As and they put it, added it to Photoshop, which has not been very long, there was kind of a color shifting issue there. So even though you had the color space checkbox and, and you could embed the color profile, uh, when it export, when you did export safer web and you did export export as the colors ended up looking different Even the same source file, same everything is in there. The colors looked different. I tested it today and I didn't see a color shift there. So I think maybe it's improved. Maybe they figured out what was going on there. I hope so. Um, as, as you go to use it. So which do I prefer is safer web? Although I have to tell you, I rarely use any of this. And I had to do a lot of research because I don't use it very often. It hasn't mattered to me. Um, I don't customize my JPEG exports very much. I don't change it per image. And that's really where Safer Web excels. Uh, even export as is a pretty good way to preview the changes. If I had something where I was trying to prepare for like a magazine cover or, I don't know, something really important to me where I wanted to manage with excruciating detail, the export settings. Yeah, you got to go to Photoshop. Lightroom doesn't cover it. You have to go into one of these things. I'd probably use Safer Web at this point, although Export As is getting there and uh, probably a really solid option at this point. But uh, in Lightroom, there's a really good export feature there too. And that's where I spend all my time. I don't go into Photoshop if I don't have to. And so I don't use these JPEG export options. I export from Lightroom. And if you want to go through the compression settings I use there, just go listen to that podcast about JPEG compression settings. I walk through the quality settings I use there. All right, that's it for the episode. I know it went long. I hope you found it valuable. Check out the sister podcasts to Photo Taco. There's portrait sessions. There's improved photography. There's tripod. Awesome uh, podcasts. If you like podcasts about photography, you must check those out. They are super good huge information. Always uh, check out the mothership to improvephotography.com. If you're not going there every morning, you're missing out on a lot of good photography tips and tricks and news and photo tip articles. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!